Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to another episode of the Steelers Burning Question. This week, you are going to have to put up with myself, Dave Schofield, deputy editor of Behind the Steel Curtain. We are coming at you just almost 24 hours prior to this big road game in Arizona. You will say big game. Yeah, it's a big game. It's the last quarter of the season. Every game left is a big game now for the Steelers. It's this week and this week only. And this week they travel to the desert. They're already there. If you've been paying attention on their social media, that the Steelers are in Arizona, ready to take on the Cardinals tomorrow for the 425 kickoff. So as people were coming in and joining in the live chat, I just wanted to remind everyone to make sure that you are checking out Behind the Steel Curtain for all your daily Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We have breaking news. We have injury reports. We have lots of commentary and breakdown. We have predictions. We have uh, comedy. We have drama. We have all kinds of good stuff. And we have a fantastic community is the most important thing. So make sure you are checking out Behind the Steel Curtain. Just letting you all know that throughout the course, those of you that are here in the live chat, you can use the super chat feature uh, at any time. Particularly, it would be better towards the end after I do my little spiel to ask a, to ask this burning question. Um, you could just type it in, hit the dollar sign, donate any amount you want to the show. Uh, don't feel like you have to spend your hard-earned money to do that. If you really want to help us out otherwise without spending your money, the best thing to do is to like the video and subscribe to the channel if you have not already done so. If you are listening to this in podcast form, make sure that you are giving that good rating with whatever system you are using. So with that said, let's dive in and look at this burning question. I kind of, I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with this here, and, and I got to thinking about how we've got some excitement in Steeler Nation. You know, a lot of people are, are, are experiencing duck mania, jumping on the duck train, however you want to say it. And I am all for it because, as I've tried to say before, it doesn't matter to me who the quarterback is for the Steelers. I want to see him win. I want to see, see them succeed. And I'm going to cheer for them no matter what. So with that being said, the question is, what do we want to see now? What needs to happen in order for us to keep riding this train? riding that duck train moving forward. And the more I was thinking about it, and I see Lance Williams is, is in the live chat because I did ask him something, and then he gave me an answer that I didn't necessarily agree with, but that's okay because we don't all have to think the same thing. And what I got to thinking about was there were some things that you could take and you could, you could see in breaking down uh, Hodges' performance from the last game. And if you haven't yet, I know yesterday – uh, there was an article posted yesterday that is in being Friday was posted where Flip Fisher did an article that was breaking down film in the first half of the of last week's game. And then today came out the second half of last week's game of specifically looking at uh, at quarterback play. Uh, don't know if that was intentional or if that's just the way it kind of goes because you're just breaking down play in general. But when, when looking it down, obviously things weren't perfect. But the key was enough was done to win the game. So the question is, 
how I was wondering myself, these things that Hodges is kind of doing wrong, well, not wrong, but he could do better. Maybe I should say it's a better way to do it. Like, for example, he has a tendency to roll out in the pocket when he should step up in the pocket. And when he does roll, he almost always rolls to the right. There was one play at, uh, towards the end of the first half where I don't even Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was towards the end where he rolled to the right when a blitz was coming from the right and Benny Snell was trying to pick up that blitz and he couldn't pick up that blitz because Hodges tried to roll into the blitz and then just threw the ball away. And luckily it was close to an intentional grounding, but at least it was thrown away, but something like that where he needs to step to the left or step up and things like that. Uh, I think he does a really good job of giving his receivers a chance to go get the ball. So then, of course, you know, there was the interception where him and his receiver were not on the same page. I'm not sure who misread that one, but one of them did. Um, and honestly, it would have been better if they both would have, and they both would have done the same thing. So these are some things that can that he can improve on. And obviously, it doesn't matter if you're Ben Roethlisberger, 15 years in the league, you're still going to look at every game and look at what you can do to get better. So that's what Steeler fans want to see is they want to see progression. They want to see getting better each week. The other thing is, is not only are the Steelers breaking down tapes of themselves and what they can do better, and specifically Duck Hodges can do better, those pesky teams that they have to go up against are doing the same thing, Dag Nabbit, and they're trying to, to, to break down the film and figure out what they can do to exploit weaknesses and things of that sort. So my question is, can Duck Hodges stay ahead of the learning curve? Meaning, as the Steelers are learning more about him, can they stay ahead of what defenses are learning about him in order to try to stop him. And the reason I think this is important is I think that's exactly what happened with the previous quarterback in Mason Rudolph. Now I know Lance has wanted to tell, no, I didn't see any progression with him at all. I can throw the statistics out there to show you that there was some, and I try to say specifically even before the concussion. I mean, if you look at just the first quarter of his start in San Francisco, where they got a total of one first down and they got six points, but they were basically wasted when they received two turnovers in field goal range and had to settle for field goals on both with one total first down versus his game, the game before he, right before he got hurt with Baltimore, where what, where he had a drive in the first quarter that was several first downs and a seven and 75 yard drive and a touchdown. So there was some, some, some progression, but in my opinion, but what I think was happening was the progression that he was making was not nearly as much as the progression the defenses were making to stop him. And that's a problem. You've got to stay ahead of that learning curve to where you're getting better and fixing these things that the defenses are going to try to exploit to where they try to do one thing and then you've already got that handled or that you're able to do more things than that they aren't expecting. And that was a problem with Rudolph. He wasn't able to do more in, a, in, in enough of a time to where defenses were catching up to him, if you know what I mean. That's just my own personal opinion. Whether or not you agree with it or not is one thing. So now Lance saying he saw a little bit of a progression. I think there was progression too, but the, the, but the problem with that progression 
was it it was so much less than what the defenses were progressing against him and that's ultimately what happened and confidence issues and let's not talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what's going forward. I want to talk about these last four games and what to expect. And um, then games beyond those four is what I would like to see in 2019. So the thing is, can the Steelers stay ahead with this? My personal opinion is I think they can, because first of all, I think the Steelers, well, I'm going to tell you one reason why I think they can. And one thing that does concern me, I think the Steelers are doing an excellent job with their coaching staff with getting their players ready to play when they're constantly, especially on offense, dealing with the injuries and young players and new players and everything else. I've brought it up in the past at on offense, how many few players are starting games for the Steelers that started at the beginning of last season. I mean, it's only a handful. Not only that, if you look at it, look at the number of pro bowlers that the Steelers did not have last week, former pro bowlers. Now, at first I was saying 2018 pro bowlers, but if you even go back beyond that, look at the number of pro bowlers the offense was missing. No Juju, no Connor, no Ben, no Pouncey last week, no Roosevelt Nix, who was a pro bowler. I mean, that's, I kept saying four pro bowlers. I was wrong. It's five. They were missing at least five. And if someone can think of another one that they were missing, I mean, you could count Mr. Third and Fifth because they had him last year, not this year. But I'm thinking about guys at the beginning of this year that they thought they were going to have that weren't on the field at this point of the season. And for them to constantly be bringing these guys in and having to get them ready, I've gone on record as saying is I think that was the biggest problem with the Steelers' one loss in the last seven weeks was it was a short week. And therefore, they all these different things that they're working on to get guys ready, they didn't have that advantage. They didn't get that coaching advantage that I didn't realize was that big of a deal because they couldn't. I thought Cleveland would be at a disadvantage because their coach couldn't prepare them. But I think that goes to show more that their coach is more in their way than he is helping them out. So um, that's just kind of how, how, how it's gone for them. So I think this coaching staff can get ahead of this and get the players ready and everything else. And like I've said many times, I, I bust on coach Feekner with, I don't like his play calling specifically early in games. I had an article out today about it again, with crunching the numbers of, of how, how bad in the NFL, the Steelers really rank on opening drives. And it's, it is very, 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 very bad. Meaning offensively um, they're relying on their defense too much in order for them to kind of get, back into things. Um, and I'm just saying, just think how much the Steelers could do if they, if they actually started fast, that it could make things, it could make for a completely different games and they could be burying teams. So as much as I don't like the play calling early, and I have big issues with coach Feetner with that, I think as part of the leader of the offensive side of the ball and the coaching staff that they're doing fantastic with what they have. So like I, like I've had to say before, just because I think one thing is a weakness in your coaching, that just means get better at that and keep doing the things that you do. Great. Keep doing them. Great. So I'm, I'm, I'm ho every week. I'm hoping let's see a better opening drive. Let's see a better opening drive. So the one concern that I have about the Steelers staying ahead of the learning curve with this, and I, I don't know if this is going to affect, 
affect Duck as much as it did his predecessor, and that is the fact that as you're getting all these new players and implementing them and the, and the offensive coordinators having to worry about that, he's also your quarterback's coach. So you don't have a specific quarterback's coach to help with your quarterback and keeping him ahead and, and things of that sort. I've I've used this as an example myself. I I am a former high school football coach, and I'm also I was also a former high school track and field coach, where I coached the throwing events, the shot put and the discus. I even coached some college in order to coach the hammer because I also did that myself. And the one year when I was coaching high school that I did not send an athlete to the state track meet as a thrower was the one year that I had to fill in and be the head coach for a season. And because I was the head coach, I I did not get to spend the time with my individual group as much. And therefore, I felt that they suffered. And therefore, that's why I'm like, I'm not doing the head coach anymore. I'm, I want to, it's too important to my guys for them to succeed. I need to be focused on them. And using that same mentality is that's why I'm, I'm concerned that the Steelers don't have a quarterback coach, but they weren't expecting to have to play two young quarterbacks this season. So it's an interesting question. So that's, that's the thing. Maybe it's not even as much what I want to throw out to you all now about it might not even be an issue of can the st- can duck stay ahead of the of the learning curve or what needs to happen for them to stay ahead of the learning curve so since i've kind of made my case i am now going to other than seeing lance in there because his picture draws out to me i have not been been focusing on the live chat so for this time now i am going to throw it out there that I am ready to go to check into this live chat. I know we had a super chat question back here because the color jumped out on my phone that, that I'm going to, I want to bring this up and then we, I want to dive into it. You all think about this question. Can the Steelers stay ahead of the learning curve? Is that the most important thing with the Steelers, especially their offense performing well for the last four games? And, and what do you think needs to happen in order for that to happen? Or do you just think that based on, we'll just say moxie and attitude and everything that you just think it's going to come a little bit more natural with duck. So here's a super, super chat question that I got um, from, I'm not even going to try to say it. I think Tevin Jones is kind of underrated. I'll be honest with you, that that catch that he made, that should have been defensive pass interference. He got bent in half before the ball got to him uh, and he still made that big catch. That's the catch I'm talking about on the scoring drive right before the half. The one that's the that was the play right before James Washington's touchdown. It was a fantastic play. It was the play that put them in field goal range that they could then turn around and take the shot that they did. So, so that's just what's going on there. So let's see what you all have to say here. Uh, Got to find where I put my question marks. Um, here's a question. I meant to say you could also throw out questions here. Um, do I think do I think Hargrave will get another sack this week? It's going to be interesting because I I think if Hargrave gets another sack, it might not be – he might get the credit for it, but it might not be because of him. I think what he's going to need help with is he's going to need help with T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree uh, keeping Murray in the pocket. If they can keep him in the pocket, then I think Hargrave and Cam Hayward can get right in there to get those sacks. But the key is, is it's going to take someone else holding the pocket in order for them to get there. That's just my opinion. So 
Um, then I have Maxwell asking if Edmonds is the guy to pair with Minka. Um, I don't know because so far that's all we've seen. And to be honest, I didn't watch Minka in Miami. I didn't, I had no reason to watch Minka in Miami and I'm not going to rely on anything with college. So right now, I don't think it's bad. I think Edmonds sometimes can get picked on in the secondary, but when you're, when you've got a secondary that good, you got to find some weak spot. I actually said something weeks ago and some people kind of ridiculed me for it because I don't think they understood what I meant. And I'm, I was like, is Joe Hayden the weak link in, in on the outside and deep meaning between Fitzpatrick and Nelson and Hayden. And it wasn't a knock on Joe Hayden at all. Joe Hayden's doing great. It's that how well Steven Nelson is playing and how good Minka Fitzpatrick has been that, I mean, if you look out there and you have to try to say, I'm going to throw at Joe Hayden in order to have my best chance, then the Steelers are in a much better boat. But I also think that Edmonds um, is somewhere where they're going to look. It doesn't mean that he's doing a bad job. And I haven't seen anyone else back there with him to really compare. So the answer is, I don't know either. <laughs> so um, also got someone that said, oh, wait, I jumped. This this happens every once in a while when I get behind on the live chat, where I go to where, go to bring up something and it jumps ahead. Uh, someone says, I think so, Dave. That I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the answer of can they stay ahead of the learning curve, okay? Um, Kevin says, sometimes too many coaches could reduce morale because of too many people in their ear too often. That could be. There's a delicate balance there, and the Steelers have by far the smallest coaching staff. So the question is, is that wise? If they only employed one more coach, I would say I'd want it to be a quarterback's coach just because of how much time and effort needs to go into that position. Okay. Lance, I, yes, Lance, it's like you don't even let me say these things because you're, you're in my mind. Got to continue to run it well and creatively. With the article that I had out today, that's some questions that people had. The, the one that about how bad the Steelers were in the opening drive is they're like, well, they're not running it well. Well, part of the reason they're not running it well is sometimes you come out in a formation and a personnel grouping that they know that you're going to run it and where you're going to run it. So what really helps to run well is to run it also creatively, to run it out of other situations, to run it out of other personnel groupings. But you've got to have those groupings that where it's still going to be successful. When teams are coming out thinking the Steelers are just going to, you know, run, run, pass the first, th the, the, the first three downs, guess what they're playing? Run, run, pass. I would love nothing more, and I don't care if it's incomplete. I would love nothing more deep shot on the opening play of the game. Or what would be even better if the Steelers could rip off a decent size run of seven or eight, you know, even nine yards, and you're sitting there second and short saying, hey, let's take the shot on, on second and short. Okay. So it, it, it also goes into some of that stuff. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead. Um, someone wants to know how long Connor and Juju will remain out. The way Juju was talking this week in interviews, he says he would wants to be back for a playoff push in the playoffs, which means he's not looking at, at, at upcoming. Obviously, he wasn't looking at this upcoming week. I don't even know if he's looking at next week. Uh, next week would be nice, but, but it, you could tell this past week that his eye was not on this game to, to make it back. Dennis, I like it. Oh, I didn't really answer Connor. Connor, his big thing is one one hit the wrong way and he's done for the season. So it's really a delicate situation where they've got to get it stronger than what they did last time when he tried to come back. Dennis says, for me, it's all it's all about consistency, playing within the game plan, no penalties, and no brain farts. Yes. 
that's that's very good and that's very good and that's one thing that people brought up about when i when i said about the um the bad opening drives is they're like well maybe that's the plan and i've said that don't kill us maybe that's the plan of the, for the offense the first half don't kill us but the problem is the steelers have 3 points on their opening drives this season and four turnovers so that's that's not the definition of that, of that sorry not the definition of don't kill us when you're still experiencing turnovers, if you're experiencing turnovers, you might as well be taking shots. That's just my opinion. Um, Yeti says he's worried this is a trap game for this Steelers game for this Steelers team. I don't know that anything could be a trap game, even though they're favored. They are not favored by much. So, do the do the t- do the tight ends have a day tomorrow? Since Arizona is notorious for for being bad against the tight ends, I'd say they could, but. Everyone's been talking about how bad they are against for tight ends for so long. Maybe they're getting ready to, oh, let's not let them do anything with the tight ends, and it could open something else. Bottom line is, your team has to be able to do multiple things well in order to open things up. Notice how much the running game opened up after completing long, even just that just that one long pass on the free play last week, and how much the Steelers could run the ball after that. That uh, it just goes to show. It's just an extra thing to worry about. Oh, we're not. When a team says, "Hey, we're not going to worry about anything deep until they actually beat us," then, then, then you got to beat them. And then once you do, then they have to worry about it. Okay. Uh, over under five sacks. I'm going with four. Um, if we make the playoffs, do you think we should su- surprise people and go all the way? I think these last four games are the key. Because notice who always does the best in the playoffs are teams that are rolling into the playoffs. It doesn't matter. I mean, how many times have you seen a team be 10-2 and two or 11-1 at this point of the season? And then they drop three of their last four, still get a bye, but get knocked off. Don't even make it to the, to the championship game to get to the Super Bowl because of how they're playing at the end of the season. I would much rather be a team sitting at, Six and six, and and get on a massive roll and run off four games straight to end of the season and get into the playoffs because then you're going to just keep rolling. So, I think these last four games is going to tell you how much you think uh, if the Steelers get in, how much they could surprise. Because if they don't get in, it means they weren't rolling through the last four games. If they get in, it means they were at least adequate, if not rolling through the last four games. So, um. They someone wants to see twenty five carries for Benny Snell. That's not bad. Um, so here we go. Um, Steeler fan seventy four reps breed familiarity, then that breeds confidence on offense. That's one thing with Duck. You never had to question his confidence. They were talking about it this week about how he was talking. He was the fourth string undrafted camp arm guy that was talking smack going up against the starters in training camp. Okay. So that's it just kind of kind of goes how that shows how it goes. Um, I'm having to skip ahead here. I missed a little bit here because my my stuff keeps jumping. I'm trying to find a the couple of the super chats that I know we saw. I know I have one. Wow. You guys are great in this live chat. I can't even become close to catching up to you. Snowman, $5 in the tip jar. Thank you very much. Why aren't the Steelers quarterbacks using the tight ends more? That is a fantastic question. Not only that, I'm kind of surprised at some of the routes that I'm seeing the tight ends do. They're, they're constantly 
hanging out around the line of scrimmage and things like that. You don't see tight ends stretch, you know, in that. Maybe I'm just not seeing it on certain plays. Someone who's broken down more film could maybe help me out with this, like Flip or Lance or somebody. How many, how often are our tight ends running routes in the middle of the field, you know, five to 20 yards past the line of scrimmage? That's that's where we're used to seeing them do damage. That was what a Latarius Green was brought in four years ago that unfortunately due to injury never was was never real really able to materialize. But the little bit he did play kind of showed that. Um, that would be nice. And I think Vance McDonald is capable of that. I just don't know that that's what the Steelers have been using them. I don't know if it's because of quarterback play or what the reason would be. So let's, I, what I would like to say is let's start to get to see this. So um, I'm so sorry that I'm having to skip over so much stuff, guys, just because I got to do super chat and you guys are having great discussions just among yourselves. Um, um, R. Max Richter says, just need to protect the ball. Defense will do the rest. I see your point, but I don't know that I can get wholeheartedly behind that because one, Steelers have a 19-game streak of turning the ball over at least once. So they're not just protecting the ball. Um, Look at last week. What did the defense do? They gave up 10 points before the Steelers even had a first down. So I'm not saying that was on the defense, but I'm saying to just rely strictly on your defense, that's kind of tough because circumstances aren't always going to play out that way. That's not at all how I thought the Steelers, when when the Steelers went down 10 to nothing, I thought that was the recipe for disaster for a game like that. So the fact that their offense came back and did what they did was fantastic. And like I said, a lot of that was because of those circumstances. So interesting stuff. Okay. Um, Good point here. Jaguar G says defense can't put up 20 points. That's true. And look at the, and, and, and you can't, you can't make a prime example. San Francisco. Now I know you say if Connor wouldn't have fumbled the ball late, the Steelers would win that game. True. But they got five turnovers. The Steelers got five turnovers and lost that game. Part of that was look at the first quarter. They had two turnovers given to them in field goal range. One total first down, both of them were field goals. You've got to put one of them into the touchdown zone. You've got to do it if you if you want to win a game like that. That was part of the reason why I thought the Steelers weren't going to win that game because of being the first start of, of a quarterback. I don't ever want to – I don't ever – I don't want to say whatever. I rarely pick a quarterback to win their first start just because of there's not a lot of stuff you can do, do to trust. Um Paul says he thinks Ducks throwing for 400 yards this week when the Steelers haven't had anyone go over 300 yards. I don't, I don't see that happening. And the reason I don't see that happening is because the only way that's going to happen is if the Steelers are down by a bunch. And I don't think this defense is going to allow the Steelers to get down by a bunch. That's not the way the game plays out. Look, prime example, prime example. If you look at the Houston New England game this past week, why did TB12 have all those yards passing and everything? It's because they were losing. He hasn't put up that many yards this season because they're constantly ahead. So he's not having to throw the ball. Well, if you're doing fantasy football, and like in particularly FanDuel, I'm constantly trying to find a quarterback 
And that's why I've probably not been doing so well this week or recently because I got away from this philosophy that I did early in the season. I was looking at, oh, who goes against a better, uh, a worse defense? No, you need to find a quarterback that you think is going to be losing and going to have to throw the ball. You want to use running backs or teams that you think are going to be winning and are just going to try to pound it out. I, the reason the Steelers, I don't think, are set up for Duck to go 500 or 500, 400 yards because, or even necessarily 300 yards because that's not what they're going to need to do. They want to have the defense shut down, get the lead, hold the lead, keep Benny Snell fresh the first half. Remember, he only had three carries in the first half last week. Um, let him pound the ball late if he's the hot hand and let the defense do the work. That's just the way they do it. I don't see them giving him a chance to throw for that many yards. He would have to throw multiple 50-plus yard touchdown passes. Or the Steelers would have to be trailing constantly in the game for them to have to put the to air it out that much. Um, or the or here's another or I just thought of, or they're constantly getting into the red zone and having to settle for field goals which you don't want to see 400 yards and hardly any touchdowns because they're all field goals. That's not what you want to see. And if he's throwing it that well to get that many yards, they're going to get into the touchdown zone. So, sorry, I kind of got off on that one a little bit. So now I'm really far behind on the live chat again. But uh, we've got a, we've got another five, 10 minutes. So let's see what I can catch up with. Okay. Uh, Eugene, I'm just put up random stuff. Um, uh, will Snell have his first 100-yard rushing day? 100-plus yard rushing day. It would be great. It would be great. It all depends. Game circumstances, just like the 400 yards, all comes into play so much. Um, I was really bummed when he had the 98-yard game. I felt that he was a more effective, even a more, I don't know, more, but a very effective runner last week, even though he only had 63 yards because of how when he got the yards and how he got the yards. So I would rather see him run run effectively at the right time, then go over a hundred, but it would be nice to go over a hundred too. Um, so then that was the same question of, uh, or a similar question duck with two fifty, snow with a hundred that's looking at a good, at a good mix. That's looking good, good right there. Um, that tells you that, 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 that duck around two fifty means that he's doing what he probably needs to do to win. Snell at 100 means that they're playing with the lead, hopefully, and that they're running the ball effectively with the lead. That would That's a recipe for a great day for the Steelers right there, in my opinion. Like I said, I don't want to see Duck have to throw for 400 yards because I want to see him blowing them out. Okay. Uh, Dennis says that he thinks that if, that if a runner gets 100 yards, that we have one in a blowout. I think that's, um, uh, I, I think that's good. Uh, some people are saying Duck around – 260 yards, maybe what you, here's my question. I'm going to throw this. I'm going to, I'm just going to skip ahead of the live chat. I'm sorry for people. If you had a really good question, if you have it, you might need to ask it again, but I want to ask a question to the live chat. And that is this, how many incompletions is acceptable for the Steelers against the Cardinals incompletions. Now I know that you could say, oh, well, if you're only throwing 16 passes and you have eight incompletions, that's bad. I'm, I, I don't care if, he's throw, if he throws 10, 20, or 50 passes. You get to a point where the number of incompletions is bad. Okay. <laughs> Mark, uh, pretty sure Mark coming from down under. He says zero is the number of incompletions he'd like, like to see. That's just not realistic. It would be fantastic. Uh, Snowman says five. 
Uh, Joey Franklin Jr., seven. That's how many he had last week, 14 for 21, which was seven. And think one of them was caught by the other team, and a few of them were throwaways. Okay. Uh, someone says no more than five incompletions. Here someone said, uh, Yeti says 10 to 12. If he has 10 to 12 incompletions, he's got to be throwing the ball 30 to 35 times in order for it to be a successful day. And I don't know that the Steelers want him to throw it that much in, in this scenario. Um, someone said uh, six. Um, I like this answer. This is a really good one. Okay. Doesn't Sean says, doesn't matter as long as we win. That's true. My question is, what do you think you'd like to see in order for the Steelers to get that win? Someone says 35% incompletion, which of course that would mean a 65% completion, which would be great. Lance reminds people, if you have that question that I had to skip over, use that super chat feature if you need to. Okay. Um, Donald, I like this one. He's like five to eight at most. See, five is bad if you only throw 15 passes, but I don't see the Steelers doing that. Uh, five is good if you th really good if you throw 25 passes. So I know part of that is like it depends on the pass, the number of passes. But I like to see these are plays that are that I know sometimes not taking a sack and throwing it away is success. But remember, every incompletion is a play where you gain nothing. So that's what I'm saying is how much can you afford to gain nothing? So let's try to keep those incompletions down. Okay, Dennis, 60% completions is okay. 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 Um, I got 68% com completion. I even have I push hard saying 45% incompletions max, meaning a 55% completion rate. That would be an improvement from, let's say, the Cincinnati game where Rudolph in the first half of the first drive of the second half, 50%, Hodges was just under 50%. So, but yet they still won that game. So, so there we go. I like this number right here. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers fans 39. He says eight. I would like to see eight because I'm going, I'm going on around 25 com, um, completions, 25 pass attempts, eight, you know, you know, so you're looking at 17 to 25. I could handle that. Okay. Um, oh, I had a good one, but I lost it because it skipped on me. Let's see if I can jump back to it. Uh, uh, Mike says 30 passes, nine incomplete. There you go. Um, I know, Maxwell, you keep asking me that question, but I'm afraid it's a little bit too far off topic and I don't want to get to it yet. Um, uh, Kevin, 68% completion. Okay. And, and, um, Denver says it would be great to see a 70% completion rate. That would be pretty good. You know, it was 67% last week. Um, <laughs> here you go. Keystone, Wolf. it depends on how smart Duck is. Okay, that's that's fine. And it also it depends on the game situation. Once again, if the Steelers are playing with the lead um, and you're, and you're unless you're in the very end and you're wanting the clock to run, but let's say you're beginning the fourth quarter and you're sitting and, and you're sitting at, at second and six and you try to throw a pass and you're going to get sacked and nobody's open and you just throw it away to live another play. That's a wise decision. That's a good incompletion. Okay. So, uh, got a couple questions here. One question was, I'll answer it real quick says about if Mr. Third and fifth apologize to Ben Juju Tom, et cetera, does the team consider it? And my answer is I am not the team. I am not on the inside knowing how deep these wounds go. 
I know what I think they could, how deep they could go. I was hurt. I'm still upset that I have that jersey up there. I'm still very upset that my children were embarrassed that their favorite player did these things. And then my daughter still says at the mention of his name, he's dead to me. And she's 11. That that's a lot to overcome. I'm not saying it's not impossible, but I'm saying that's uh, when it comes to that. I thought of that when, when I first saw some apologies happening this week, I'm like, that is where I completely trust the Steelers front office and locker room to do the right thing. They did what they needed to do to get rid of him. And if they feel like bringing him back, which I don't think they're going to do, but if they feel like that's a possibility, then that's on them. I feel the same way about other players. Like I know Lance thought Lance always wanted the Steelers to sign Kareem Hunt. If they didn't think that was right for their locker room, I trust the Steelers. Another quarterback out there that's that uh, is is trying to get signed with the team. I'm leaving that up to the Steelers that they know best and that they know more about the situation than me. I know that could be a cop out answer, but that is how I say. Alex wants to know because some people were answering this: Who do you sign, Bud or Hargrave? Boy, wouldn't it be nice to keep both of them? Uh, Lance Williams actually sent me something. He said, use this on the show. It was, um, was that for the Panthers? I think, um, or at least the picture that he sent me was of a Panther of a player's contract that was, he felt was a Bud Dupree equivalent. And it was, I think it was 54, 54 million over four years. I can't even remember the name of the player. Lance is going to make me have to look this up here that he did this. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, that's not terrible. Um, because honestly, 13 mil, I don't think would have been that terrible. Uh, Thompson, who was the Thompson Shaq Thompson, um, and that deal. So, so, uh, boy, it would be nice to keep them both, but, uh, the Steelers will have to prioritize that. And it really depends on how much each of them is asking. I just disappeared from my own screen for a second. So I don't know if you all lost me for a minute or not, or if I was frozen, but hopefully I'm back now. <laughs> um, that's odd. Uh, I hope it's not that my computer's about ready to die. So we might have to, we might have to hurry this up here at the end. Okay. Um, someone says, yeah, I, I'm, they're getting out of here to go watch the SEC championship game. We do have one more super chat question. I think I'm going to end the show with this and I haven't read it ahead of time. So I'm really hoping that it's appropriate. Okay. It says duck evades T sizzle and channel Jones all game and picks up 50 plus with his feet, or he finally steps up into the pocket and lands six plus deep shots. That's, that's a pretty interesting observation there. Okay. That could he go, could he make something happen with his feet more? I still think it was a question that we brought up that I brought up on the Steelers preview. And that was a statistics of the pressure rate for Rudolph versus Hodges so far this season and how the pressure rates, I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. It was right around 15 or so for, for Hodges and 45% for Rudolph. And the question is why is there so much more pressure on him? And I was noticing did do you do you have to keep someone that's almost like a spy on on Hodges? I don't know that he's that much of a rusher. Or did teams feel like they didn't have to worry about anybody with that with Rudolph, so they're sending extra guys? I don't know, but that's one thing that's interesting is that Duck has done some stuff with his feet uh, specifically, and I know like even when he came in in that Ravens game, it did. Um, so with that said, uh, I know Lance answered one of my questions here. That, um, 
that that was there. So I was trying to see what he said. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in on a Saturday afternoon. Remember that we've got plenty of stuff going on at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. If you haven't checked out the great content that was there today, lots of good stuff leading up to the game tomorrow. I know um, it was probably it might have been the last article that's going to run. Um, was I did a prediction of the inactive list tomorrow that we'll see just before three o'clock. I know we've got some film breakdown. We've got some other great stuff on there tomorrow game day. You got to check in and see what's going on. Don't forget those game day threads. Those of you that like them, you either love them or hate them. I know that's the case with you all continue, continue, continue to hit, to, to hit that thumbs up button, hit those stars, hit that subscribe button all those things that can help us out. You guys have been great. You did so much more in the live chat than I could even begin to keep up with. So I'm glad that you guys had great conversation on your own. For those of you joining us on, in podcast form, I hope that this was enjoyable for you all as well, because we we try to make sure that everybody's included in all the platforms to for us to try to get you all the best product. So let's look for that Steelers win. I picked a big one for tomorrow. I picked that it's, that it's going to be uh, I, I have Steelers 30 to 12 was what was my prediction. And I know some of you are upset because Lance Williams threw his out there um, <laughs> where he also picked the Steelers, which many of you think is now the kiss of death. So I saw some other predictions in there. I uh, hope you guys caught that on there. Thank you all for tuning in. And even though he's in the live chat, I have to say it for him from Lance Williams. Tune in, tell a friend and subscribe. We'll see you all next time.